Have you ever just woken up and said, I'm going to go run an ultra marathon today? This is the Lucy Beatrix podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So if you follow me on social media, you might have seen that I'm celebrating one year sober. That means that it's been exactly one year since I drank alcohol. And let me tell you, a lot has happened in the past year. Not only did I jump back into the racing scene and I entered a few races, I actually managed to win a few, which then inspired me to chase after my marathon dream where I trained with Nike Project Moonshot, going after 26.2 miles on a sanctioned course last winter. And it was at that first marathon that I ran under three hours. So it was exactly two hours and 55 minutes. And one of the first things that had crossed my mind when I finished the race was, wow, I couldn't have done that if I didn't commit to my sobriety so many months before. So it really was going back to this great decision that I made a year ago. And yeah, I've been looking back at this whole year thinking, as a sober person, I've accomplished so much. And all of it has to do with that rock bottom that made me decide to change. But aside from that whole getting sober story, which I've covered many times on my show, you can go back and see as I was counting days, going from 90 to six months to even 300 days recently when I was talking about getting sober. Um, I've covered all that stuff before. But I thought that it would be important to talk about some of the things that I've done to change as a person and how my identity has unfolded in this whole process of finding out who I am. Um, It's interesting how my one-year anniversary has actually fallen after two months of being completely isolated with shelter-in-place and the whole pandemic surrounding COVID and all the stuff we have to do in New York to avoid that. So I've actually been away from my job and had, had to completely uproot my entire life and have everything taken off the table because of this pandemic. So it's given me a lot of time to sit and think and reflect on what I've accomplished in sobriety, as well as face this new challenge of not knowing what's going to come next with the new world that we're living in and move forward. But with the clear head and thought processes that I've learned uh, with sobriety. So I know that simply having this we're having this um, different perspective in sobriety and having the knowledge that I only have the ability to control what I can and have to leave the rest. It's actually been very helpful with the pandemic because I could have easily been a complete disaster and a complete mess during this entire time. Even just thinking back to if it had been two years ago that we had the lockdown I would probably be just spending all my money on wine and just using the days to count down until I feel like I can open up a bottle of wine and waste the days away. So instead, looking at what I have done with the time and using all of the free, unplanned time to just do the random things that I'd been putting off for years, I think it's a miracle that I've managed to hit Um, my one year of sobriety during one of the craziest times on earth. 
So yeah, a few of the things that I've done during the pandemic uh, or during the lockdown, I should say, it, or shelter in place. Like, it, everyone has different like terms that they feel like are appropriate to use. Some people say lockdown. Some people say it's not fair to call it a lockdown because we're still allowed to run outside and whatever here in New York. But during this shelter in place period, um, I ran that spontaneous marathon on the track a few weeks ago that you might have seen me talking about where basically one morning I woke up and was like, I'm going to go run a marathon on the track. And yeah, that was kind of a random thing. But I think that it had to do with the fact that I was processing all of the stress that was going on with my job because I'm out of work, navigating the unemployment situation, which is really challenging in New York because a lot of people haven't received unemployment yet. And so we're sitting around wondering what we can do because we're kind of helpless at this point. So I was like, you know what, instead of stressing about that stuff all day long, I'm going to go do something productive with my body. And I've learned something about myself is that when I have idle hands or extra energy, um, I the best thing that I can do is go run it out or go on a really long walk. So it happened to be um, that I was feeling good. And so I, ra- I went to the marathon, uh, went to not, not the marathon, I went to the track and ran my spontaneous solo, completely alone marathon. Uh, unsupported and yeah that was something that helped me process all of the challenges that I've been going through facing the the shutdown so that was a productive way for me to do something that was going to not go towards you know drinking or negative self-talk or anything it was supposed to it was something that I used as a tool to keep me moving in the right direction so it actually got that spontaneous marathon a few weeks ago, got some attention. Um, and I ended up being on a few different podcasts talking about this random solo mission. And one of those podcasts uh, is in Norway. It's called the Kaptare podcast. And that was an amazing conversation with um, Marius, who is the host. And we just talked all about like my journey from fashion model to athlete, as well as this whole new journey in the past year of getting sober and yeah, I just I, I would say go check out that podcast. You can hear our converse, conversation around the four minute mark, just talking about my whole thing, of like what I've you know how, how I've come so far. But um, but yeah, when when I did that spontaneous track marathon, I was obviously left with a lot more in the tank because I was like, okay, that really was something that I felt so good about. I went home that night, had a great night's sleep, and was like, I I feel like I just have so much more to give to this kind of running, like solo adventure running, not the sanctioned type of races that I was doing when there was still the possibility to be doing them last year, but these spontaneous um, voyages by myself. So a few days ago, (laughs) I woke up with a very similar feeling of, hey, I feel really good today. And... um, after that spontaneous track marathon a few weeks ago, I had had this thought that I really want to try to pursue longer than the marathon um, distances, ultra marathons. And basically an ultra marathon is anything longer than 26.2 miles. And, you know, I had been watching a bunch of interviews with people like Courtney DeWalter and uh, these very famous ultra marathoners. And I thought, I understand this kind of headspace this kind of ultra mindset that's has it throws speed out the window I mean yes there are very fast ultra marathoners but it it takes 
the the focus off of speed and more just on enduring and stamina of like how many hours can you run for and I so I I got really into thinking about ultra marathoning and how I can fit into that world because I've actually always been drawn to the ultra people like Scott Jurek and Dean Carnassus and I feel like I identify with that mentality more than the typical racing uh, I mean like the typical standard like Olympic distances like 10k and stuff like that but anyway so I set the, the other morning I woke up after all this like brewing thinking about ultras and stuff and it was a Sunday it was really nice and sunny out and I thought I really want to just go run like all day long like I see see what what I can do and from the start, unlike my spontaneous track ultra marathon where I just, I mean, not ultra marathon, spontaneous track marathon where I just jumped on the track, ran for 26.2 miles straight without stopping. That was more about like, okay, just run and don't stop and finish a marathon on the track. This was thinking if I was going to approach a longer distance, like something like a 50 miler or a 100 miler, how would I approach the pacing? Because I know for someone like me, like, it's going to take a while to understand how to pace that. I know that it's a lot more way slower running in the beginning because you really just like have to hold out your energy for as long as you possibly can. And so what I did was I went into it with this mentality of like, okay, run a slow three miles and then walk fast for two miles. Run a slow three miles. So like you're basically just like run, walk, run, walk, walk, run, walk. And I thought that's how I would start a 100 miler. That would be the goal if I wanted to complete a 100 mile race in like less than 20 hours. I would probably like run three, walk two, run three, walk two. And so yeah, that the goal on Sunday was to just try that out and see what this kind of running would look like because I've never done stuff like that. I when I start a run, I usually run until I until I'm done and I'll run like 8 to 10 miles without stopping or 10 to 12 miles without stopping, but I'm not like a break taker. I don't stop my watch. So this is like a whole new uncharted territory of like adopting the ultra mindset. So anyway, it was Sunday and I'm like, it's so sunny and um, nice outside. And so I started my whole, I'm going to run, walk, run, walk, run, walk and see how long I can go. And I think I started around 1130 or something. And I managed to do that for about five and a half hours which doesn't sound like too long, or maybe it does for some people, but I was like, it, it was it was about 6 p.m. I think I spent about five and a half hours and it was around 5.30 or 6 p.m. when I finished. But basically, I did the run walk thing for the first 20 miles, 18 to 20 miles. And then I, for the last, I ultimately, I shouldn't say that, I ultimately ended up running 50 kilometers. So I ran 31.1 miles. But um, for the last eight miles, I just ran a straight shot because I figured the whole point of this experiment was to see how the run, walk, run, walk thing feels and then try to run fast, finish fast and run fast at the end so that it doesn't feel like I've, I've burned myself out and I'm just getting slower. I really wanted to like negatively split and get faster. And that was also to kind of prove to me myself that I had a lot more in the tank to go after a longer distance than 31 miles so yeah I know this is probably really boring for anyone who doesn't give a crap about ultra marathons but this is just something that I've like I'm now like completely obsessing about and thinking about and 
and trying to explore. I feel like this is something that I can do in this solo pandemic time that why not like, you know, test my body out and do something that's off the like very fringe in the running community because so many people will focus on specific marathoning times and and uh, 5Ks and miles and stuff. But I, I really want to like go after just how much can I run in a day or like is 100 miles possible for my body? So anyway, um, yeah, so I, I did the 31.1 miles on Sunday and finished with the last miles, my fastest mile at a 737, which um, was pretty cool to see. I was like, okay, I still feel really good. And um, after that, I you know, ate some banana. I should mention that like the fueling situation for this was not planned because, you know, I was doing this spontaneously. Like I was like, I'm going to go just get started. And I didn't really pack. I don't, I didn't pack gels or anything like that. Um, so I had a water bottle and halfway through this whole adventure, or actually it was around the 20 mile mark. I asked someone to bring me some pickle juice and I knew that they had some stockpiled and I was like, hey, yo, can you hand me some pickle juice at this point? And uh, then I grabbed a banana too from them. So I did this whole thing on just like some pickle juice and a banana and a bottle of water. Not even a whole bottle of water, which is not trying to brag. Some people are like, why do you keep emphasizing how much like little fuel you're taking? And what I'm getting at with that stuff is to say that I have always managed to run pretty fasted. I'm not someone who can run easily on like a full stomach or food. So it's what my body's used to. And like as much as everyone says, listen to your body, my body can go on a little for a really long way. I think I'm built for like enduring. And so I think I'm fat adapted um, in the mornings or for the most part. Or at least I'm really good at like storing glycogen for a really long period of time. Because I I can honestly say that for the 31 miles, I wasn't hungry as much as I was. Like I got a little dizzy and I figured that was like electrolytes. And um, so for me and what my body, you know, like what I can do, I'm not suggesting anyone goes and does this. But I can go by on very little and I like the idea of not spiking my insulin like significantly through all day long and like having the crash like the 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 sugar crashes constantly that's just what works for me I'm like I get I'm very sensitive to like just spiking my insulin all day so yeah that's why I don't do the gels like constantly I feel like I'm gonna bonk more when I'm like eating a ton of gels so yeah I figured if I did 50 or 100 I would definitely reconsider the fuel like I would definitely want to like have a lot more glycogen But for what I was doing on Sunday, I was doing it at such a slow pace that it wasn't like I was tapping into any anaerobic um, activity. I wasn't like burning through my reserves as fast as I would during even like a fast hour piece. So anyway, um, that said, um, I figured that the other thing that like I, I think would give me an advantage with this whole ultra distance stuff is to take in a lot of fuel the night before. Um, I ate a ton of pasta the night before just on a whim and that worked for me. It seemed to have like really gave me that edge to like stay focused and have my carbohydrates um, readily available. So I would suggest doing that again to myself. I'm not suggesting this to anyone else because I'm obviously not an expert, but like this is something that like worked for me to like run 31 miles was eat a lot of pasta the night before and um, and cashews. I've been eating cashews like crazy and I feel like there's something about cashews that's like the perfect blend of carbohydrate, fat, protein it just seems like the perfect fuel for someone like me but anyway 
Um, so yeah, I, I went after this new adventure with this whole ultra world thing. And I love that it's coinciding with my sober birthday because it's just showing myself like how much is there that I didn't know was at my disposal and that I'm only equipped and have the bandwidth to go after these crazy adventures because my head is in the right place. And I'm not wasting time, um, thinking about alcohol So one thing that I would say about where I was and where I've gotten to now is whether or not um, alcohol is the worst thing in the world for everyone. I I think some people can handle alcohol and they can drink a little bit and it's fine. For someone like me, it was only taking away from my life. It was decreasing the value of my days and stripping me of opportunities that I didn't even know were possible. I had no idea training with Nike Project Moonshot was in the realm of possibilities. Um, only until I got sober and these things started popping up of like someone posting about it and like, oh, you can apply. And like, I would never have even noticed or seen that if I was still in the state that I was before. Because something about who I was when I was drinking attracted the wrong people and attracted the wrong kind of lifestyle. And I wasn't as much of a go-getter. So if there's anything that I can take away from this past year of getting sober and staying sober is I actually have the vision and can see what I can do for myself. And I'm way more receptive towards things that are only moving me forward. So that's my episode for today um, about all of this, these these things that I, revelations I've had in sobriety and my running adventures. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to hit me up, you can message me on Instagram. My handle's at Lucy, L-U-C-I-E, the Viking. And um, yeah, I, t- I, I usually respond to my DMs and stuff there. Um, and yeah, if you have anything to contribute, just let me know. Or if you want me to talk about a topic, whatever, I'm, I'm open to any any ideas. So until next time, just be fast, just win.